Welcome to Love This Bitch, the podcast that teaches you how to love your life and accomplish your goals through self-compassion and self-coaching. Now here's your host, MBA and Master Certified Professional Life Coach, Lisa Oglesby. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode. I hope that you are having a fabulous day. I hope that that wherever you are on the day that you're listening is exciting for you as well. Of course, that's just a thought. Before we dig in today, I was going to do a little housekeeping. If you are enjoying the show, if you're enjoying what you're learning here, and it's something that's of value to you, I would love it if you could give me five star rating and a little review. And that's because it will help the platforms share the podcast with others who will also get the benefit. So it would be a benefit to me and to other people who can also learn from this like you are. So if that's something you would like to to do, I would appreciate it. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I read a silly meme the other day about how in our media, in our books, in our, our movies, we always talk about how we can't change even one little thing if we travel to the past because it could just have these huge repercussions on the present. Um, And yet every day in our lives, we think that nothing that we do matters. And we always think we have to have big changes and, you know, it has to be all or nothing. But we have all these other thoughts about how just these little things can make a big difference. And that is actually really true, that small changes are what add up. Little acts are what add up to those bigger goals. And so it's a small thing that you can do is to give a, a review or a rating. And you could change someone else's life and not even know. So there you go. Just plant a little seed today. <laughs> but enough of that. I will jump in today. I have mentioned on the last episode that I've been reading Unwinding Anxiety by Judson Brewer, and he's an MD and a PhD, and I'm just absolutely loving it. I'm tabbing out the pages, and finally I realized that I'm tabbing every single page, so I don't think the tabs are going to help me find the good stuff. (laughs) And I'm definitely going to have to read this again. I hate to recommend something because I'm not quite done. I'm still working on it. And I'm always worried that I'll recommend something and then not like the end of it. That's usually more of a a TV show thing. But it could happen in books as well. But I I, I do recommend it. I'm I'm definitely going to read it again. It's very good. So a lot of what I'm going to talk to you about today is coming from the book and and what I'm learning and how I'm adding this to my practice and really enhancing my coaching in amazing ways. I had such amazing tools. They changed my life, these tools. And to see that there's even more to add to it, it, it's blowing my own mind. And I, I can't wait to continue. I've already started using this, adding to it with clients and, and even people that are not clients, but come to me for, for coaching sometimes, you know, friends and, and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is great. I love this. (laughs) So I'm really excited about it. I am going to read one direct quote from the book because this is kind of what I've done in some other episodes. And what I'm going to do today, um, is talk about some of the science behind 
why our brain does certain things. And I think that's important for understanding. And because a lot of times I know I've been there, but I have a lot of clients and there's always these questions of, you know, does that make sense or what's wrong with me? And the answer is, yes, it makes sense. And there's nothing wrong with you. These are actually a lot of common things that happen, even though our own individual experience has its own, you know, uniqueness to it. But there's these overall common things that we do or our brains do that lead us to certain places that may seem confusing. But once you know the science behind it, the reasons behind it, it makes sense. And to add to that, the quote in the book is, in order to successfully work with your mind, you have to first know how your mind works. Once you understand how your mind works, you can begin to work with it. And so that's one of the things that I like to do with this podcast is kind of lay down some of the reasoning and the overall, not the working like I do with a client, you know, the hands-on one-on-one, how do we apply this to your life? How do we take action every day to make this work, to make this stick, but just kind of give you the overall idea of, you know, what's going on in the brain, how to loosen up thoughts, how to understand yourself so that there's less resistance and judgment and you're more accepting and curious because that's what you need in order to make change. So this episode is about uncertainty. I did a few episodes about, you know, how we leave the present moment and go to the past and how that the issues that we can struggle with in that. And so part of leaving your present experience for the future is that we get caught up with anxiety over uncertainty. And so today I wanted to talk a little bit about the science behind that before we get into some of the actual kind of breaking down a little bit on some of the tools in later episodes. But this will still be very helpful for you because understanding this, you know, will help you not judge your brain so much and not wonder what, you know, what's wrong with me? What's going on here? Why do I feel this way? So, you know, uncertainty, it seems like a a little bit obvious why it bothers us because we don't know what's going to happen. And we've also talked about before how we have that negativity bias. So, you know, I, I use that quote, Gosh, I feel like it's almost every episode about how I've suffered a great many tragedies in my life, most of which never occurred. And that's part of what happens when we have uncertainty. We fill it in with all the worst case scenarios. Why is this? So you have this basic primitive side of your brain that has, you know, reward-based learning. It moves towards good things. It moves away from bad things. Even all the way down to like single cell protozoa, their brain or whatever they have going on there works this way. Move towards the good, move away from the bad. So, you know, that's our our basic instinctual type learning. And we program things that way all the time, even when we think them through with the thinking and planning part of our brain, which we have the protozoa not so much, which is called the the prefrontal cortex or the PFC. So that's the part of our brains that we use to, to think and plan. And it's actually 
from my understanding, a, a smaller part of our brain. <laughs> it's not that big. Um, but it's really, you know, thinking and planning are definitely important things, right? But they can also backfire on us. And, and part of that is, you know, when there's uncertainty. So a good example that he used in the book, and, and I'll take it and elaborate on it maybe a little bit, but, for, you know, say you, you go to step out into the street and a bus comes whizzing by and you, you know, jump back and you don't get hit by the bus. <laughs> so that's something that gets programmed, right? Jumping out of the way of the bus, definitely a good thing. That's programmed. That's a habit. Jump out of the way. But also you're like, okay. Now I can think and plan when I'm going to step into the street, I can look, I can look both ways. And if I do that, you know, I'll see if if this bus is coming, it's going to run me over. So, you know, everything's good. You've got your instincts to avoid, jump out of the way if the bus is coming, if you need that. And then you also have your ability to plan like, hey, when I, when I come up on a street, I'm going to look both ways. There's a bus, I'm going to, not step out. (laughs) And if there's not, it's safe to cross. So great. But then when you introduce uncertainty, like say, if you have, say you have a child, right? And you teach your child, hey, look both ways before you cross the street so you don't get run over by a bus. And that feels good, right? But then when you send that child out into the world, say they're going to walk, walk a couple blocks down to a friend's house now the uncertainty comes in, right? Are they going to look before they cross the street? What if they're distracted? What if they don't look both ways? You know, what if they don't look left, right, and left again? <laughs> Whatever they need to do. And you are going, you know, the mind's going to be like, they're not going to look. Something's going to distract them. They're going to look one way and get distracted, step out in the street, bus. It's going to be bad. And your mind just goes to all these places and all these scenarios that, that could go wrong because there there's no way it's, <laughs> it's uncertain. You can't really plan how this is going to happen for the kid. So that's when you get the, the anxiety. Anxiety is uncertainty, which is pretty common. We face it every day, plus fear. So when you have a scenario like that, if your child, you care about them, you know, and you want them to be safe and you don't know if they're going to be because you don't have enough information. You know, are they going to follow your instructions? Do they normally? Do they look? You don't have all that input. So you have the fear, you have the worry, and now you have anxiety. And it gets to a point for many of us that, you know, we're always in these negative scenarios. We're living in all these possibilities, trying to think and trying to plan. And that is recording into your primitive brain as actually you're getting a reward because it you're thinking and planning and you're worrying and it feels like you're doing something. You know, sometimes you might have a habit that you, you know, you binge eat, you smoke, you Netflix, you scroll through your phone, but also mental states can become habits. And we can get in this anxiety worry habit loop where we're going through all these horrible scenarios and feeling terrible. And, you know, if, if we've done that in the past and everything worked out, then 
your primitive brain's like, oh, okay. I do the worrying, I do the thinking, and eventually everything works out and I feel better. So now that that's a part of it, right? It doesn't know any better. And it doesn't work to try and talk it into saying, no, that's not how it happened. It's recorded that as a reward. So, you know, anxiety can become something that it our brain thinks of as a, as a reward. You know, we worried, we stressed out, everything turned out okay. That's what we do when this happens and then everything will be okay. It's, it's a reward. We did something and we got a result. But it's not always a good result, right? Sometimes we just worry and worry for no reason. But our brain is still recording that. <laughs> We're still struggling with that anxiety. And so, you know, that is a very common thing to get caught in those worry loops and being you know, anxious and, and running through all these scenarios in our mind and then wondering like, you know, why am I so anxious all the time? Why am I worrying all the time? And it's because that's a habit for you. You think you're doing something. You think that this is a, a planning process that's preparing you, even though it's not. And it becomes very comfortable and familiar, which that's something we talked about in the last episode, like people are worried and anxious about getting rid of their anxiety because it's so familiar to them and that feels safe. So the idea of not having it kind of scares them and they're like, well, well, what if I lose my edge or what if, you know, I, I never do anything and I'm just lay around on the couch all the time, <laughs> go to that opposite thing. You know, but the truth is, is this anxiety, it causes panic. It causes us to act impulsively, which is like the, like we think, oh, I'm doing all this thinking and planning, but yet we still make these impulsive decisions that, that don't seem to make sense. And, and that's because you're acting without information and then you're just trying to act in order to run and avoid and do something. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't understand why I'm doing this. You know, it's an impulse. It's a panic because that anxiety is not a good thing, right? When you're anxious, you miss really important details. Like when you're searching all over for your car keys because you're late and you need to get out of the house and they're in your hands. <laughs> like you miss really important details. And we start avoiding things. And if it's a problem for you, right, if you have anxiety, then you start avoiding things that could be good in order just to avoid the uncertainty. You're avoiding relationships. You're avoiding starting your own business, writing a book, asking for a raise, going for the promotion, going back to school, you know, or even something you might want to join a yoga class, but you're avoiding it because of all the uncertainty. There are any number of, of good things that we avoid in life because of that fear of, of uncertainty. And then, you know, we're trying to avoid the anxiety. So we're scrolling on our phones to distract us. We're Netflixing, you know, maybe you're binge eating to numb your anxiety or your emotions or smoking or whatever habit you've created you know we have the anxiety worry habit and then we create all these other negative habits to help us you know avoid it and deal with it and that's what we're we're trying to avoid those anxious feelings that we have 
and a lot of times the cause of those is the the uncertainty the fear you know about the future and we don't know the scenario that's going to happen so you know it all makes perfect sense why you would continue to be anxious and worried about these things because you don't have the information that you need and you're you spin into all these negative outcomes and possibilities and that's become your habit and there are ways to deal with that that we can go into and I'm so excited about that that are based on how you can't talk yourself out of that right the thinking and planning doesn't record any reward in that scenario when you're not getting anywhere but your brain has recorded just that act as having a good result for you but you're not getting anything you're just getting more anxious you're not going to be able to think and plan appropriately when you're in that position because it takes your prefrontal cortex offline when you have anxiety and it's not working anymore but also that part is is part of why you can't actually think your way out of anxiety and you're probably like but Lisa you teach thought work for anxiety yes I do (laughs) and I'm going to do the whole next episode on how this works together as two components of it but the first part that's really important here is understanding how your mind's working and why it's creating these habit loops and why you're scared of the uncertainty, creating awareness and then mindfulness to help your brain see what's actually happening there on the primitive level because that's where your reward-based learning is kicking in. And then the next level that you can also add to that mindfulness type stuff is the thought work, is changing your whole thought process and mindset about uncertainty, right? Learning thoughts that create um, a mindset of confidence in yourself that no matter what happens, you know, even if it's uncertain and you don't know what's going to happen, you can handle it. And you're not going to experience some thought or feeling that you can't handle and that's where the thought work part comes in is is building that confidence in yourself and understanding like what you're really afraid of happening in the future which is generally that you're not going to be able to handle something that you're going to have an emotion that you don't want to have because of your own thoughts (laughs) so it ties back into everything that we're always learning about but We're taking it back to the very beginning, first understanding why the brain's doing these things, and then learning how to interact with anxiety in a mindful, aware way when it's actually happening so that we can get to the thought work. Because when that anxiety hits you, the the prefrontal cortex goes offline and you you can't think your way out of it. And when you're like, I shouldn't worry, I shouldn't be anxious, it's not helping, it's making it worse, you're just telling yourself that on a thinking level. You're not recording it on a reward-based level. So that's why it continues. I'm going to get into comparing the mindfulness and the thought work approaches in another episode. But today I just wanted to talk about you know, how 
your brain is reacting to that uncertainty because it, it doesn't have the ability to think and plan. It doesn't have enough information. And so it starts spinning off into the worry and how that worry can get to feel like, like you're doing something. Like you feel anxious, you feel restless, you feel like you're doing something. And then that leads to all kinds of other negative behaviors. But it makes perfect sense why that's happening. And the first step there is just being like, hey, guess what? Sometimes things are uncertain and we feel fear about the outcomes. So we have anxiety. That's okay. That's your, your brain is working. <laughs> it's trying to keep you safe. It, it may be doing some overdrive if you're having the constant anxiety and you're having panic impulses, you know, worry, avoiding behaviors, numbing behaviors, things you don't want. Yes, and, and we will, we can tweak that. But first, understand that it's just your brain doing its job and it's okay. Because that acceptance, as we've talked about before, you let go of the resistance, you accept it, and that gets rid of that extra layer of the anxiety about anxiety. And then it allows you to move forward and do the work that you need to do. So I was trying to to take a lot of information that I've come and break it down into a very simple way. So it may have been a bit repetitive, but I hope that what you take away today is that, you know, it's it's very normal for you to be afraid when things are uncertain and your brain wanting to go off into all those negative outcomes that, that are possible and how to deal with them. But it's also important to understand and be aware that that's what's happening and that that is not going to get you the result that you want and we can get into that but just be open be accepting of where you are and what you're feeling in that moment and just say oh okay this is uncertainty I have anxiety I have fear about this it's okay my brain's trying to keep me safe so that would be the first step and what I want you to take away today is there's nothing wrong with you your brain's doing its thing. <laughs> and even if it's doing it a little bit more than we need, there are ways that we can work through whole entire processes to, you know, lessen that and remember that we want to be able to think and plan. That's a good thing. But we don't want the constant anxiety. And we can have both. And you can grow and you can learn this it's not a fixed thing. You are not stuck. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You don't have to identify with the habit of worry or anxiety. You don't have to say, you know, I, I have anxiety and it's always going to feel like this, right? You can accept that it feels like that in the moment and we can still change it so that it's not constantly like that. If there's something that you're like, okay, this sounds like a lot. I got (laughs) you. Reach out. We'll do a connection call and we'll talk about how I can work with you as your coach to take these ideas and these thoughts that maybe sound great and like actually apply them to your life and take you through that process of, you know, acceptance, awareness, mindfulness, thought work, and 
reprogram your mind to create a life where you don't experience chronic anxiety and that you are, you know, accepting and understanding of your brain, compassionate with yourself and happy. That's what I want for you. That's what coaching did for me. And I just keep learning and growing and loving these new tools and excited at what they've been doing for me in my life and also to share them with you. So I hope you enjoyed that. If you want more, if you want it one-on-one, do the connection call. Either way, I will see you in the next episode. 